everybody. This is Linda. Welcome to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast, where we play those old-time hymns we sang in our churches growing up, and we talk about the authors and the things that happened in their lives, leading up to the writing of these wonderful old songs. Hello there, this is Glenn, and we're so glad you're with us here today. It's always good to have you stop by and visit us in the studio. Today we're examining a precious old hymn that invokes the very presence of the Almighty God in our lives. What an awesome thing. Holy Spirit, breathe on me until my heart is clean. Let sunshine fill its inmost parts, which could not cloud between. Breathe on me, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Take thou my heart, cleanse every part. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. My stubborn will subdue. Teach me in words of living flame what Christ would have me do. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Fill me with power divine. Kindle a flame of love and zeal within this heart of mine. Holy Spirit, breathe on me till I'm all thine own, until thy will is lost in thine, to live for thee alone. Edwin Hatch was born in Derby, England in 1835. From a young age, Edwin stood out for his work ethic and intellect. While attending King Edward's school, a highly prestigious school both of past and present, Edwin's personal teacher made note of Edwin's independent efforts in education. Whereas most children were eager to finish their lessons for the day, Edwin soaked in all he could, then pursued further learning in his own time. Edwin went on to study Pembroke College in Oxford. Prior to Edwin's admission to the college was home to a group of men who called themselves the Birmingham set. The group's function was simple. The applications of arts and literature. Within the Compass Library, the Birmingham set discussed poetry from Pearly Shelley, novels and Charles Dickens, arts and architect from John Ruskin, and so on. Beyond the library, the group is known to venture across Europe visiting noble churches and medieval medieval sites. Though they were well established when Edwin joined the college by 1856, Edwin had become the group's most dominant figure. Being a man of God, Edwin was drawn to the study of deep theology, for it combined God and learning. Naturally, he became so well-versed in theology that he became a religious lecturer. Hatch was recognized as an authority on the early church as a result of his Bampton lectures on the organization of early Christian churches, which were recognized and translated into German by Adolf von Harnack. Lectures of this series tend to be challenging to read, but when it came to expressing his faith in ways that would speak to the ordinary person, nobody has done it better than Edwin Hatch did with his hymn. Breathe on me, 
Breath of God. It was first published privately in 1887 and published publicly in 1886. While an undergraduate, he began contributing articles to reviews and magazines on a variety of subjects. Although brought up as a nonconformist, he became a member of the Church of England in 1853 and became a minister in 1859. After working for a short time with a church in the eastern section of London at an Anglican parish, he went to Canada from 1859 to 1867, where he was first a professor of classics at Trinity College in Toronto and later rector of Quebec High School. Upon returning to Oxford, he was made vice-principal at St. Mary's Hall. These lectures, which displayed Edwin's at his most studious, were published and translated into various languages. However, the most famous publication of the highly educated man ended up being a prayer of the simplest, most humble nature. Breathe on me, breath of God. Edwin wrote Breathe on me, breath of God in 1878 and kept it private for many years. This adds to the unique nature of the hymn. It was originally meant only for Edwin and God. As much as Edwin loved complex thoughts and theologies, he understood that at the core of Christianity is something incredibly simple, faith in God. It is not too far a stretch to assume Edwin wrote the hymn as a reminder to never get bogged down in complex theology. Though the hymn's original intent was to be a private prayer, it reached new ears over the years, and in 1886, Breathe on Me, Breath of God was published by Henry Allen in the Congregational Psalmist. Since then, Edward's private prayer has become a prayer of the many. This hymn reflects both a profound simplicity and deep knowledge of Scripture. It comes largely from John 20, 21 through 22, following John's account of the resurrection for its inspiration. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. The, authors of the, the author invites the Holy Spirit to come into his life and transform it using the first person perspective throughout the hymn adds the hymn power to the singer seeking the breath of God as a resource for renewal. British hymnologist J.R. Watson notes that the hymn was given the title of Spiritus Dea, Spirit of God, thus linking the image of breath with that of the Holy Spirit, as in the Greek where the same word is used for spirit and breathe. Summarizing the message, the hymn Mr. Watson suggests that the breath of God brings new life and love, purity and obedience, surrender and inspiration, and finally eternal life. As the hymn moves through various stages of Christian experience and discipline toward a unity with God. B.B. Bayless Benjamin McKinney composed this song. He was the son of James McKinney and Martha Annis Heflin. B. 
B.B. attended Mount Lebanon Academy in Louisiana, Louisiana College, Pineville, Louisiana, the Southwestern Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, Siegel Myers Correspondence School of Music, Chicago, Illinois, and the Bush Conservatory of Music in Chicago. Oklahoma Baptist University awarded him an honorary Doctor of Music degree in 1942. On June 11, 1918, he married Leah Roth, to whom he were born two sons, Vallis Benjamin, Jr. and Eugene Calvin. McKinney was a music editor for Robert Henry Coleman, songbook publisher of Dallas, Texas, 1918 to 35. From 1919 to 1931, he taught the School of Sacred Music at Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary, serving as assistant director of the school and professor of voice harmony and composition. He was assistant pastor at Travis Avenue Baptist Church, Fort Worth, Texas, from 1931 to 1935. In 1935, he became the music editor of the Baptist Sunday School Board and became secretary of the newly created Department of Music, Church Music, in 1941. Throughout his career, McKinney led the music in revivals and assemblies and taught in schools of church music conducted by local churches. He was the author of the words and music of 149 gospel hymns and songs, and he composed the music for 114 texts by other authors. Some of his best-loved songs are The Nail Scored Hand, 1924, That Others See Jesus in You, 1924, Satisfied with Jesus, 1926, Speak to My Heart, 1927, Breathe on Me, 1937, and Wherever He Leads, I'll Go, 1937. Wow, what wonderful hymns. This hymn of prayer, the first line in each stanza, Breathe on me, breath of God. That phrase reminds us of creation in which God formed man of the dust and the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. It reminds us Jesus breathing into his disciples, saying to him, Receive the Holy Spirit, John twenty twenty two. The song identifies blessings which God breathes on him, on us through His Word. The first stanza mentions new life. Breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what Thou dost love and do what Thou wast do. When we obey the gospel revealed by the Spirit, we walk in newness of life, as we see in Romans six three through four. This new life requires that we love what God loves, because the fruit of the Spirit involves love, see Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It also requires that we do what God would do, because to inherit the kingdom of heaven, we must do the will of the Father, as we read in Matthew seven twenty-one. As the song continues, it mentions purity. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until with thee I will want will to do and to endure. In the word of God, the Spirit teaches us to be pure in heart, says Matthew 5, 8. And the pure heart must make its will, the will of the Father, 
as it says in Luke twenty-two forty-two. Also, the pure heart will also seek to endure whatever may come, so that it can be saved, spoke of in Mark thirteen thirteen. Moving to the third stanza, it talks about surrender. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I'm wholly thine. Till thine all earthly part of me glows with a fire divine. When we follow the teaching of the Spirit, we find that the scriptures, we find in the scriptures that we demonstrate our lives that we belong wholly to God, as it says in First Peter, two nine and ten. To do this, we need to surrender our earthly part to be crucified with Christ, that He might live in us, says the Word in. Galatians 2.20 Then we will let our lives glow with the fire of God. The word zeal literally means to be hot. Reference Titus 2.11-14 Next the song mentions eternal life. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life of thine eternity. Through the power of God's word, the Spirit tells us of the Lord's promise that those who come to him will never die, as we read in John eleven twenty-five through 26 The hope of those who thus come to the Lord is to be permitted to live the perfect life with him, as we see in 1 John two twenty-five, And in this way, we can share in his eternal glory in 1 Peter five ten through 11 Someone has written of this song, when a person becomes a Christian, he or she receives the Holy Spirit within. Often, however, the Holy Spirit does not have control of that life, even though he resides there. The scripture teaches that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not an emotional, mystical event. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means, in a very practical way, that the believer has surrendered completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and sincerely desires to be directed by the Holy Spirit in order to exalt Christ and be effective representation of God. One of the most compelling evidences of the Spirit-filled life is our consistent Christ-like daily living. Of course, the only way to be filled with the Spirit as it says in Ephesians 5.18, is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Colossians 3.16 Because the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Ephesians 6.17 So the way which we accomplish being filled with the Spirit is in our obedience to what God the Father has revealed to us through the Spirit by the word that he caused to be written by inspired apostles and prophets. What a most awesome thing, as you said earlier, Linda, to have God, the God that spoke the world into existence and breathed life into us, resides in us. Loved his creation so much, including me. My friend, you are part of his creation, he loved you so much that even though you're were sin in your life, he still wants desperately for you to come to him and ask forgiveness of your sins. The Bible says he's, he is faithful 
and just forgive us of our sins. Just turn from your sin. Repent. Turn toward Jesus and trust him for forgiveness. Let him have his way with you in your life. He has a wonderful plan for your life here and all through eternity. Better than anything you could ever think of yourself. When we begin to realize who he is and what he has done for us, a mere mortal, one can hardly grasp the content of what that means. It fills us with amazement. Oh, how blessed the redeemed are. In Christ, he makes us feel lovable. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, how marvelous, and it's no longer just words, but joyous explosion in our souls. When that happens to me, it usually comes out in music. Folks, we have a wonderful addition to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. Some of you might remember we once were part of a group called Forgiven. Well, all the members of that gospel group passed away and went on to be with Jesus and left me here solo. We have a friend in church that has agreed to join us and revive Forgiven. I'd like to introduce Vivian Bowman to our podcast listeners. Hello, audience. This is Vivian Bowman. Uh, Most importantly, I would like to tell you that I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Vivian, we're awful glad to have you in the group and on the podcast. Now, would you two like to do this week's song, Breathe On Me? Breathe on me, breathe 
Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We trust it was a blessing to you. It makes our day when we hear someone that was blessed by our podcast or music. We'd love to get an email from you. Just send it to glenn.dawson at glenndawsonea.com. That's G-L-E-N-N dot Dawson at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, Dawson, E-A dot com. You can find all our information on our website at www.glenndawsonea.com. In addition to our email, you can find information about our Facebook page and Twitter information. You can also find links to our index of all our podcasts and links to all our music on YouTube. We hope you will enjoy those. And remember now, we love y'all. God be with you. And bye for now.